You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans won the lottery, and we got to bask in the glory of all of that, and the fact that Zion Williams Williamson is coming to New Orleans. So we covered kind of the basics of what this means for the franchise yesterday, of some of the other things as well with it. We're going to look at the on-court fit in the future. We'll give you a scouting report on Zion probably tomorrow, and then we're going to talk about the different trade options for Anthony Davis because we don't expect him to be back here in New Orleans next year. But today's podcast is going to be a little bit different, and I want to talk about three things that have really kind of come up that I think really exciting and really interesting takes and looks at things and some things that we've just got to kind of dispel and put your mind at ease because it's the number one thing I was asked yesterday. So we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the randomness of the lottery and the idea of a team deserving Zion versus not deserving Zion. Then we're going to take a look at could Zion Williamson not come to New Orleans? Could he sit out a year, go back to Duke? Could he play overseas? How does that work? I'm going to dispel any misconceptions you might have out there. And then finally, we're going to talk about kind of the human impact here on New Orleans and what this means for the team and the city, because I think that's some of the most important parts with it. So a lot of different things, and we'll get back to the nitty gritty, the on-court stuff, the actual trades and all of that in a couple of days. Uh, But I want to focus on these other aspects in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Pelicans' future looks incredibly bright right now, thanks to the arrival of David Griffin, or a bit of a restructuring of the front office, and of course now the number one overall pick and the ability and the rights to draft Zion Williamson out of Duke, the high flyer that everyone is so excited about, a guy who's who's just kind of ignited a passion for basketball overnight here in New Orleans. And everyone now is really high on where the Pelicans get to go from here. Not only are they going to have Zion Williamson, they're going to have the package that they trade AD for. They have a good front office and an owner that's completely bought into everything. And things look like they're going well. And it's interesting because it easily could not have been. This is how fickle sports can be and what makes you a success or a failure. Yes, the David Griffin hire is great and he looks like he's going to do good things here in New Orleans, hiring Aaron Nelson to kind of restructure the medical staff right off the bat. But you know what? All of that wouldn't be nearly as great and we wouldn't be feeling nearly as good if that was the only thing we had to hang our hats on today. It would. It's also partially because they have Zion Williamson and because the trade suitors kind of lined up perfectly for New Orleans. And all of that stuff is entirely out of David Griffin and ownership's hands. The best parts of the future for this team, those parts right there, have nothing to do with smart moves or anything New Orleans has done is all down to a bunch of ping pong balls and an actual ping pong ball lottery machine behind closed doors at the NBA draft lottery. And the combination that the Pelicans happen to have, a 6% chance at the number one overall pick. If one of those balls is different, then they don't have this. Maybe they're sitting at seven or maybe they're sitting at eight because the Lakers jumped up or nine because Memphis jumped up too. And all of a sudden, 
things don't look nearly as good. But you can trace it even further than that and going back, and it shows how wild this is. Remember that Phoenix game at home? Um, or sorry, the game at home against Phoenix, against the Suns, where Alvin Gentry, even though the Pelicans were up and winning, calls a timeout that the team didn't have, and it gives the free throws to the Phoenix Suns. They hit them, and they go on to win the game. That move right there, the calling of a timeout or not calling of a timeout, a colossal blunder by Alvin Gentry, is what made the difference between winning the lottery and not winning the lottery. The Pelicans would have had 34 wins, then not in a three-way tie with, um, who was it, Dallas and um, Memphis. That's how fickle these things can be. Go back even years ago to the Anthony Davis draft lottery. The Pelicans finished in a tie with the Cleveland Cavaliers for the third worst record in the league, but the Cavs won the third slot in the tiebreaker with New Orleans. They got an extra lottery combination, actually. They got the half with the extra one versus the Pelicans having one less and a different half of those combinations. And guess what? It was the New Orleans combination that came up the fourth pick slot instead of the three that let them go up to number one overall to draft Anthony Davis. And if they uh, win that tiebreaker that has nothing to do with them or anything like that, they all of a sudden end up at three or four or whatever it was, I think four, where the Cavs were in that draft. And none of this really matters. And we're entirely in a different situation. And all of this is to say that when someone says their team deserves Zion Williamson or the Pelicans don't deserve Zion Williamson, all of that doesn't matter whatsoever because no one deserves any of this because it's all up to chance. The Pelicans didn't get the number one overall pick because they made smart moves that make you deserving of the rights to a certain draftee. Deserve doesn't factor into this whatsoever, and it probably just doesn't really factor into most things. Things either happen or they don't, kind of. Your hard work and preparation can put you in position to succeed. Doesn't always mean you deserve things, though. And certainly, the Pelicans don't deserve Zion Williamson, but no other team in the league deserves Zion Williamson because that's not how this works, and it's not like any of these teams really did anything to earn that number one overall pick, even if that means tanking and losing games on purpose. And it is so fickle that you hear those that list of things I just said. Go back to the timeout. That was a move that had some calling for Alvin Gentry to be fired. And that awful mistake that he made, and he admitted after the game, he goes, this one's on me, is what probably won, or you could say, won the Pelicans the rights to Zion Williamson. The sports stuff is so out of our control and can just be so arbitrary and so up to luck that it changes the course of the franchise or it doesn't, and it's nothing that we can control or do about it. And I just find that a really interesting thing. And again, all that is to say is no one deserves anything in the NBA draft lottery. It's just dumb luck, and it happened to go the Pelicans' way the other night. So all of that's going to tie into the next topic here in a minute. But before we get to that, there's still going to be a lot coming on Anthony Davis, on Zion Williamson, and this Pelicans team in general. Best way to keep up with all of it is subscribing to the Locked on Pelicans podcast through the Himalaya podcast app. There are so many podcasts out there. Himalaya is going to personally curate a playlist for you, give you the content you want to hear. So go to your app store, download the Himalaya podcast app, and subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. So I guess another way you could look at it is that the Pelicans deserve Zion Williamson as much as any other team in the league. And maybe that's kind of that glass half full way to look at it. So the question now becomes, because this has been in the national media a lot, because look, 
people don't follow New Orleans nearly as much as I do or or any of the other uh, podcasts and local blogs. You don't get that nuanced local coverage, and that's why you listen to a podcast like Locked On Pelicans because you can't really get this type of coverage from any of the national media out there. They look at things at a very high level. And so the story in the national media is maybe Zion doesn't want to play for New Orleans, and it was immediately tweeted out by Mark Spears last night that you know they whisked Zion Williamson away from the draft lottery floor and kind of ushered him away because supposedly he had wanted to play in New York and didn't want to play here in New Orleans and was upset. He also gave an interview with ESPN moments after the NBA draft lottery ended, so maybe they whisked him away to go do that interview with him because it was in a different room. That's just a guess on my part, but the story right now seems to be that he doesn't want to play here and could he go back to Duke? Could he go play overseas? What have you? Again, they don't realize that this isn't exactly a thing you can do. So let's kind of dispel some notions here. Everyone's looking at the Eli Manning situation with the Chargers back in, what, 03, 04, something like that, of Eli going, I'm not going to play here, trade me, or I'm going to sit out. Or pulls a John Elway, where John Elway was drafted by the then Baltimore Colts, or was it Indianapolis Colts, I don't know, and refused to play for them and threatened to sit out a year and you you know re-enter into the draft, which maybe he did, I don't know that story entirely. It doesn't work that way. In the NFL, if you don't sign with the team, you go back into the draft pool the next year. It's not the case here for the uh, for the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, and in the NBA. Think of drafting stashes here. The Something the Spurs are known for. You draft a guy, you hold his rights, they play in Europe for a couple of years, then they come back over and play for you. I think there was a situation similar with Ricky Rubio and the Minnesota Timberwolves when he was draft, drafted there. So things you need to know with this and why it's unlikely that Zion Williamson will not be playing for, for New Orleans next year, meaning he will be playing for New Orleans. He can withdraw from the draft by May 29th. That is the entry, uh, the the cutoff time for early entrance to kind of back out and go back to school. And he can go play for Duke. And that's fine. You had a lot of people saying, you know, after his injury that he should stop playing and just immediately should be going into the NBA. And now a lot of those same people are saying he should go back to Duke. Okay, whatever. That's an option. Go back to school. Risk the injury. Don't get paid $10 million plus for doing that. All right, fine. He can refuse to play for the Pelicans, and then he can go play somewhere else, not in the NBA, maybe in China or Europe or Greece or wherever they're going to offer him a lot of money. And you know what? A team likely could offer him $10 million to play. Certainly, certainly could. Um, But the Pelicans own his draft rights for three years, so that's keeping him away from the NBA for three years unless they trade the draft rights. This actually happened with Danny Ferry. He was selected by the... Um, Cavs maybe Clippers I can't remember who it was Clippers he didn't want to play for them he played overseas in Italy for a year the Clippers traded his draft rights to the Cleveland Cavaliers he's then signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers and played for him simple as that I don't see that happening here in New Orleans I think if he does get drafted by New Orleans they're not going to trade his rights and they might play hardball and say okay fine go play elsewhere for three years and then you can kind of figure it out Or he can sign his contract and play here in New Orleans because he's the number one overall pick and is making a lot of money. This is the most likely scenario for a number of reasons. And that's because 
Well, it's $10 million plus that next year, this year, when you sign that and you start getting your money. But you've also got to think long-term if you're him. Your rookie contract is not the one where you make a ton of money off of. That extension after the rookie deal, the first four years, is not the big one that you make a ton of money off of, though you get a lot of that. It's that third contract. The third contract is when you're eligible for the Supermax that Anthony Davis is up for. Remember that whole $200-plus contract that he could sign here in New Orleans? If I'm a person, if I'm Zion, I probably want to get there eventually, and I'd rather get there sooner rather than later. If he goes to Duke and plays there for another year and then goes back into the draft and then gets drafted by a team he wants to play for, yeah, you know what? He'll get that big contract maybe eventually, but it's going to come a year later, and you risk everything that kind of goes along with that in the meantime. If you go play in Europe for three seasons or so, that's three years later you're going to get that contract. You're a little bit older. That can influence things. That's why I don't see this happening. It's just as simple as that. Maybe he does kind of force his way out of New Orleans. They draft him, and they don't want to just kind of force him to sit out. But who knows? There's a huge risk there, and I don't think Zion has the leverage to really pull this off. Also, there is nothing indicating that he doesn't want to be here in New Orleans. You had Rachel Nichols saying, you know, it looked like he got hit by a truck after New Orleans came up number one overall. But watch the actual video. It doesn't look like he got hit by a truck. It just looks like a dude there kind of excited, actually, and it doesn't look that bad. So I think everyone's reading a little bit too much into this. So why are they reading too much into this? And I had this discussion on WWL radio last night with Seth Dunlap on the last lap, 8.70 a.m. And I, I came to a point that I think is pretty interesting, and it harkens to something I said here in the beginning of this segment. National media is not taking the strong look at this franchise and the changes that we that they've made like I am, like the other bloggers are, like the local newspaper, one of them now, is. It's not seen, yes, David Griffin's in and he's made some changes, but you know what? That's only been a month or two. It's not exactly the biggest track record to say, hey, things are 100% different and are going to be 100% different going forward for this team, which was ran like a stepchild and just tied to the Saints for the longest time. It takes a track record and extended period of time for people to really notice that. And it just hasn't happened yet here in New Orleans because it's been a month. It's been two months at the most. It just hasn't been enough time in a year when David Griffin's got a couple more victories under his belt, then yes, I think you'll start to see the national coverage around the team change. But in the meantime, listen to the local coverage. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Subscribe to any of the other podcasts you like. Read those sites. Read the local papers. Share all of that and support everyone who's kind of doing the work that you want to read instead of spending time getting mad about what guys like Colin Cowherd and others are saying. Don't tell me you listened to all four of the podcasts, five of the podcasts out there about the Pelicans yesterday when you didn't. Or you only listened to one or two and then listened to this other stuff. Listen to the good stuff that covers the type of topics that you want to hear and adds the nuance to it. I'm going to get off my soapbox now with it all. But the, the summary of this segment, we can go back to it here, is that Zion's probably playing in New Orleans next year. Maybe it's under a 5% chance that he won't be. So you know we're going to be having podcasts coming every single morning. Best way to make sure you get them is subscribing to the podcast. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans to get the latest episode. So download Himalaya from your podcast store and subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. And then tell your smart device to, quote, play podcast Locked on Pelicans.
So one of the best moments from the Pelicans winning the lottery last night and the rights to draft Zion Williamson was the video put out by the Pelicans of their ticket sales staff in that room going nuts the moment that it came up that New Orleans won the number one overall pick. Just a really good moment for people who have a very thankless job that is very, very difficult at times trying to sell New Orleans Pelicans tickets when the team kind of constantly is making that just not an easy thing to do and they kind of get abuse from fans that they shouldn't be getting because they're just ticket salesmen. They're not the sales people, ticket sales people, I should say, Um, because they're not the ones making the decisions in the front office and trading away first round pick after first round pick and people treat them like they do. It sucks. But the real cool thing that came out of this is the Pelicans have sold over 3,000 new tickets over the past 24 hours. Wow. If you want that in comparison to, say, seven years ago, 2012, when they won the lottery the last time and the rights to draft Anthony Davis, who was almost as hyped up as Zion Williamson going on into the draft, they sold 1,000. This is three times as many tickets sold in a 24-hour period compared to when Anthony Davis was coming here. That is freaking awesome, and that says so much about New Orleans and how far it's come as a basketball city. Everyone wants to kind of roast this place and say it's not a basketball town. It's a college football town. It's an NFL town, what have you. They're not wrong, but that also doesn't mean that the city can't support an NBA team and really root for an NBA team. Don't forget that the team hasn't even been in the city for 20 years. It takes time to kind of develop that fan base through generations and have it passed down like the Saints are. The Saints are like a near cult at this point, partially because of everyone going through some awful, awful years with them. But it's a generational thing. And you're just now starting to get that second generation that's grown up with the Pelicans or have had them here their entire lives and they root for them with basketball kind of being more of a younger sport compared to maybe something like baseball that takes Uh, tends to take aim at an older demographic. And you're seeing it now. There's no reason between Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson that they should have sold three times as many season tickets, but they did. And I think it shows you the, the inroads basketball is making here in New Orleans and the growth of that basketball and NBA-centric culture here in New Orleans. And it's really cool to kind of see the human aspect of what this means for a city that's kind of now rallied behind Zion Williamson in the wake of the Pelicans getting the number one overall pick and that he's not just going to come here and play in front of an empty arena. Interesting note that I heard in an interview with Stanfield, the uh, VP of ticket sales for the Pelicans, they stopped selling the season tickets to ticket brokers, which is a really interesting aspect of it. They usually would take a ton of tickets and just sell them as season tickets to ticket brokers to put on the uh, third-party markets and secondary market and just kind of whatever happens with them happens with them. They then report all those tickets as sold. So you see the paid attendance looks like a near sellout every night, but maybe they're only filling up two-thirds of the Smoothie King Center, maybe half of the Smoothie King Center. They're keeping those tickets in-house now and selling those tickets. So all of a sudden, I can guarantee you there's going to be more people at games next year than there were last season because it's not just going to secondary markets that kind of just do whatever with the tickets then often go unsold. These are being sold to actual people right now. The excitement was so much it crashed the online ticket sales website for the Pelicans. Right now they've disabled the the online sales and you've got to call someone and speak to someone in person if you want tickets, which is 
pretty cool. And I think that is absolutely awesome. The other thing is, and this is more of the human aspect of it, that more people in the Smoothie King Center on game nights is huge. There are a lot of people that get hired to work there, whether they're doing concessions or ticket uh, takers. And when people don't show up, those people get cut or they're not making as much in tips if you're a bartender, and it impacts their lives. And when AD made his trade request, I spoke to a number of them, and the people serving drinks said they were making less money because less people were going, fewer people were going, and they were getting less in tips. That sucks. That really, really sucks. So Zion Williamson now is almost writing that a little bit, helping people just get by and make a living. And I think there is something to really, really be said for that. So this is a great moment for New Orleans, not just for what it means on the court, but what it can mean off the court and to the city as a whole. If you want to continually build a basketball-centric culture here in New Orleans, you're starting to see it. It's not where we'd like it to be, but it's trending in the right direction. Three times as many ticket sales for Zion compared to Anthony Davis from seven years ago is absolutely tremendous. There's more of a demand for NBA content here than there ever has been. So good on you, New Orleans, in general, for really showing up despite what anyone outside the city says, because I see it, and I know plenty of others see it, and you're going to see it next season in the Smoothie King Center. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, download the Himalaya Podcast app and subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast and keep supporting local guys here in New Orleans, myself included, and others who are covering this team in the way you want and ignore that uh, national media that just doesn't get it because we do here in New Orleans. We're providing it to you. Make sure you support everyone that's doing good work like that. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm going to be back with you all tomorrow.